0: This is Welcome to Dylan's House, our family's real-life story, navigating autism, and how it inspired us to pay it forward. Join
1: us, meet us, give back. Dylan'sHouse.org.
0: Hello everyone, this is Welcome to Dylan's House, our family's unscripted, real, and raw story of navigating autism and how it inspired us to pay it forward. I am Kevin Shope, and as always, I am joined by my badass wife, Amy Shope.
1: Oh, badass. Did you like that one? I really like it.
0: So for those of you that listened before, we kind of have this running joke where, you know, Amy always wants to know what adjective I'm going to use when I introduce her. So, didn't have anything scripted. I'm just looking across the table at her and (laughs) badass was the first thing that came to mind. So, I went with it. Well,
1: that's good. I'll take it. Thanks.
0: So, thank you for joining us today. You know, it's here beginning of the year and... Seems it's been a busy beginning of the year for us, right? We've had a lot going on. We got our daughter, Anderson, back to school. So we're empty nesters once again. And we actually visited her last weekend. She celebrated her 20th birthday. And Dylan um, is living his best life. And he's actually turning 23 in a couple weeks, which is... It's crazy. Unbelievable to believe. I, I know. And I know we're recording this on a Friday. We have a big weekend coming up. We're going to be attending a fundraising event on Saturday night for the Rich Center for Autism um, here in our hometown of Youngstown, Ohio. Their annual Rock the Rich Center event. So I know we're excited about that.
1: Yes, I am excited. I'm excited to see what you pull out for this snappy casual attire
0: that's a good point so yeah this this event the dress code is is snappy casual which i'm not sure i know what that means but
1: we're gonna try i guess we'll
0: find out right yes so we do have another special guest with us here today and before i turn it over to amy to introduce her just wanted to remind everyone um if you enjoy our podcast please like and follow and subscribe and all that stuff and also make sure to check us out on social media We're at Dylan's House on Facebook, LinkedIn, and TikTok. It's This is Dylan's House on Instagram. And you can always join us, meet us, give back at our website at dylanshouse.org. So Amy, our guest today um, is someone that's a, a friend, a fellow autism parents, and also someone that, you know, I feel like we have a, a connection or a bond with her and her family because both of us have gone through a lot of similar experiences and struggles and, you know, it was just really at least cool for me a few years ago to meet them and connect with them um, and have someone that, you know, we've talked before about, you know, it's hard to understand sometimes the autism world, especially if you have a child with severe autism, unless you've lived it yourself. Right. So I know for us to have somebody else to talk to, that gets it, you know, has has been kind of cool. But I'll let you talk more about that and introduce her to to everyone.
1: No, great. Yeah. So as I was getting myself mentally prepared for today and I was thinking of Tammy and how did we officially meet? And I feel like I kind of knew of her. The autism world is such like an amazing, you know, these strong warrior mothers that are trying to survive, but yet they all have each other's back. And so I was excited to officially meet her and her husband, Art, at, I think, our first fundraiser at Illwell. And so that was really exciting. And then we got the chance to go to dinner with her and her husband, Kevin, and I, which was also amazing for the reasons Kevin said, just to talk to somebody that gets it. Because we all have amazing people in our life, and they really mean well. But when they don't live what we live, you know, sometimes your feelings get hurt, or you feel like they just don't understand. So I was so excited to be able to really meet them. So welcome to Tammy Volpini. She agreed to come in and chat with us. So I thought, Tammy, just super laid back. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your family?
2: Okay, thank you for having me.
1: Of course.
2: And I was thinking too about what to talk about today. And I'm like, we could talk for years if we went back from the beginning. But um We have connected to you guys so much and exactly what you just said. We've talked about so many times. And even my kids who haven't met Anderson, they talk about her all the time and the connection and people understanding because so many people don't really understand unless you really live in that life, even if you're in and out of it, um, unless it's your day-to-day. So Artie is 18. He'll be 19 this coming week on the 31st. Um, It's hard to believe. and has autism and bipolar also, and possibly schizophrenia, and it has been a difficult behavior. But he's a very good place right now. So I'm like, I guess we'll start with now. And Kevin and Amy have been such a blessing to us in this transition into his own house. He's has a little rental house with caregivers and is doing very, very well there. So that's where we're at right now. We had no idea how that was
1: going to go, and
2: it's gone better than we could have ever expected
1: so that's so nice it's so scary because it's the unknown very and you (laughs) don't think it's going to go well and um, we can talk even later but Kevin and I had the opportunity to go over and see it and meet Artie and we took Dylan and so then um, tell us about your other two children like if you don't mind their ages and just a little bit about yeah, we have whole family.
2: two other children. Eliana is 17 and Dominic's 13. They are amazing with their brother. They could not be better siblings with their brother. But it's been hard, you know, in their childhood has not been what the normal family would be like. When he was really little, we used to just take him. We just were the family. We said we're not going to ever not take him. We're just taking him everywhere we go. And we're just going to deal with whatever. You know we have to deal with. And that's just how we always operated. We'd be in and out. A lot of times I was sitting outside on the sidewalk with them while they were in dinner or um, my husband was chasing him around. And so we just would take turns and we just make it work. And then there came a point in time where we physically couldn't take him anymore. And that's when we, about five years ago, started having caregivers and started trying to keep things as, as normal as it could be with If there's any such thing as normal. Right. Um, As normal as it could be for them. But they're great with him. And they've always been like very supportive of him and loving towards him. With Artie, the biggest, the hardest thing for us was always the aggression. Okay. So the fear that they had, you know, was made it very difficult for them with him. And he, you know, he he would just,
1: you never knew when that was going to happen. So that's been the most difficult point for us. So about five years ago, is that the first time you started having caregivers? He was maybe like 13? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And before that, it was... We just... You did it. Yeah. You and your husband and, you know, the kids trying to juggle everything. Yeah. um, How did that look like a typical day? Like, I'm not sure that I even know, if you don't mind sharing, like his school history, I guess, relatively, like public school before he started at kids link any of that yeah
2: he was um when he was really little he was in the county program okay um when we first got his diagnosis and then he was at the rich center for a while and he was in the public school for a while and at kids link just because with his severity but when he was really little his you know he always has liked to go to school which is a blessing but at home it was just i think the unpredictability um, that's why I feel like almost like now his age also. But I think part of it is just he knows what's going to happen at his house. It's all about him. You know, it's quiet. It's family living. You're in and out. People are in and out. Um, it's unpredictable. Yes. And I think that was always what made it hardest for him. You know, it was really the unpredictability. As much as we loved him, we wanted him to want to do everything we wanted to do. But he really didn't.
1: That's just the best point. And there's so many times that, and Kevin can jump in, that Mm -hmm. Kevin has said to me, like, you might want this, but does Dylan really want this? Like, you want the idea of we should all four go somewhere. We should go to the beach. We should go to the, you know, whatever it may be. And I think you just, like, hit it. And I know Kevin's probably got something great to add. Yeah.
0: No, I agree. It's about their routine, right? And they're just happy with their routine. But, you know, Tammy, if if you wouldn't mind, if you could talk about, because we've talked about this already a lot in the podcast, but, and I alluded to it kind of at the opening, but just like as Artie was growing up and with your other two children, like anything you can tell us just about the day-to-day kind of what was going on in your house and some of the things that... (laughs) You know, some, and I know you're smiling, and you <laughs> know, and, and, and we kind of we kind of look at it the same way. Like at the time, it wasn't necessarily something we'd be smiling over, but now, you know, to look back on some of the stuff. But what, what were some of the? I mean, I think you can share as well, as far as some of those challenges. Well,
2: it makes me laugh because I think of you guys sharing the poop stories, and, yeah. the, and yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's our life. We had we had, we had a
0: whole poop episode. Oh so.
2: my goodness, we it's did. Crazy. <laughs> it's um, our one caregiver. We still laugh. He threw. Oh, yeah, poop, you know, and it landed next to her and we we just laughed because what do you do? You right. know but um just the getting into everything, the sleepless nights Artie was pretty much potty trained by eight, but before that, I mean, we had three kids in diapers. He's still, you know, you really had to assist telling him to go to the bathroom sh- with shower. I mean he's somewhat he tries tries, you know, but he really needs assistance with everything and didn't sleep a lot ever was never a good sleeper so it would be like you know nights like that and a lot towards the end especially we had everything all the doors had to be locked except for like the family living area he would spit and um, throw food like tons of food everywhere broken glass broken windows the van windows broken out and I'm highlighting the hard times he right you know when he's good he's we always say when he's good he's amazing but um, he had definitely had his moments and you just didn't know what was you know when that was coming so just a lot of I don't know like I still find myself fantasizing with the oh let's do this with him or let's do you know and then we're like what are we thinking we were just talking about his birthday and okay what do you plan for his birthday well as a little guy like we'd have the family over and we were like, Artie's going to be under the table with his gifts, with his food, with everything. If you want to see him, you have to sit on the floor. It's right. just, you know, I mean, if not, he's not getting up from the, under the table. So and he, you know, he was happy with that. But to celebrate his birthday, I was like, how can we do this? Everybody wanted to go to his house. And I really think it would overwhelm him right. um, in his environment. So we said, I said, and I'm not sure how this is going to go. I'll let you know. But um, we said, let's go to let's he likes to go to Arby's. So we've been trying like once a week. Let's take him to Arby's. It's quiet. No one's in there. Let's sit in the corner. We'll get him his food and he's doing well with it. So I'm like, let's take him to Arby's. Anyone who wants to see him can come there. Right. And, you know, he'll have his food ahead of time. He can leave if he wants to leave, you know. So it's just really like, adjusting and replanning and trying to find, as you guys know, (laughs) trying to find other things that work. The last time I remember publicly that we thought, oh, we'll take him as a family and we'll just go to, it was family video on Marco's pizza at the time. Okay. So we said, let's take him there. And he loves to go get pizza. The other kids can pick out movies while we wait for the pizza. And it ended with him knocking a whole shelf of videos over and we couldn't get him out. And he bit a random person that was trying to help get him out. Um, So that was kind of our breaking point where we're like, okay, we physically can't get him out of somewhere if we have to. So we just have to be careful, you know, where we take him and make sure we have the supports that we need. And so it my other kids, I, I remember my daughter at eight years old. I'll never forget. I had a breakdown that day, and normally I didn't. I'm usually pretty strong through it. And I just said, I'm so sorry. This is not what I wanted this to be like. And she said, Mom, everyone has stuff. Artie's just our stuff. And that was at eight years old, and we remember that. Like, we talk about that all the time because it was true, you know. Right. So.
1: It's so. I had another autism mom say to me that it's always a great idea until it isn't. (laughs) And it's so true because things could be going great. Or like for anybody listening that has typical children, like going to pick out movies and pick up a pizza, you know, they wouldn't even think twice of that. You know, the kids would go in, they'd pay but and it's thing and you probably thought, Well, what's gonna go wrong? You and your husband are both there, the kids are there, what could go so wrong? But especially these guys and their their size, you know, and their strength. Like Dylan's six foot two, he's like two twenty. I'm sure Artie is, you know, I yeah. don't know his exact <laughs> right <Close. laughs> dimensions, yeah. but right and they're they have superhuman strength. They do.
2: Always from the time they were little. That always amazed me when he was 3 years old and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, he's, you know, he's throwing us across
1: the room and he's
2: this yes. little tiny peanut, but they're very strong."
1: So when very they very decide strong. like they're not doing something, mm-hmm. it becomes challenging to, you know, you can't physically make them do it. Right. And I'm sure you have so many stories similar to the Marco's Pizza picking out video story and look at your kids. And they're amazing because they both follow me on Instagram. And they're always so (laughs) sweet to make comments and like things. And how's it been for them since the transition?
2: Amazing. I just see such a growth, you know, such a calmness in them um, where they're – they love to go visit him. They love, I mean, Eliana couldn't wait to, there's a little Christmas, like a little pine tree in his front yard and she couldn't wait to decorate it for him. Dominic helped with the decorations inside. They were so excited to do that kind of stuff with him and we love going to see him. And sometimes I think we love it more than he does. We'll go in and he's real cuddly and you know, he puts his arms up and we sit and cuddle him and spend time with him and then About 15 minutes in, he's like, "Okay, go (laughs) like
1: (laughs) go home. (laughs) I
2: want my house back. So um, it's funny. It's it's they've I I just see more of a calmness, more I can have friends over. Right. And I'm like, yeah, anytime. And we never told him they couldn't have friends over. But I think for them, it was like like Eliana says she was afraid. You know, Dominic doesn't really say that as much. But Eliana, you know, she's like, what if I bring someone over and what if this happens or what if, you know. So that's been great because I I always say you can have, you know, I grew up in a house where everybody was there all the time. So I'm like, that's the house I want, you know, so anyone can come anytime and their friends are in and out, which is really nice. And
1: I think it probably is so relaxing for them and also just not. I mean, caregivers are amazing people. We couldn't survive without them. But, you know, just. For somebody that's a teenager in high school, junior high, and always having someone else in their home besides their parents and their siblings, I know really stressed Anderson out. And it's there's hard. It is hard. And there's it is. even a few that, as wonderful as they were, there's always a few that would, you know, say things to her or upset her. And, you know, one time she freaked out, like, can I just, I can't even come down in the kitchen in the morning. You know, you're in your pajamas. Right. You just woke up and, like, somebody's sitting there with Dylan. Right. So that's probably been... That's something people don't no. even think
2: about, honestly. No. I mean, it's it's the family disruption. You know, you don't have... you couldn't We couldn't really just go sit on our couch and watch a movie if we wanted to, you know? Right.
1: You don't have the privacy that, right. you know, most families would have.
2: Definitely.
1: So they're doing good and Artie's really good. doing good. And so what about... I know you shared, like, some of the stories about things that maybe didn't go so great. Was there – what was, like, his favorite thing to do when he lived at home? Or was he more, like, just content kind of to just – is he watching an iPad or is he he a
2: game player? (laughs) He's not a game player, but he loves Elmo on Sesame Street. So that's his thing is to watch Elmo on Sesame Street. And he used to love, like, to – jump on the trampoline and, you know, go ride his bike. We have a um, tricycle, an adult tricycle. Okay. And we could get him to ride that a little bit. He doesn't love the trampoline quite as much anymore now that he's gotten older. But when he was little, he was so active that that was like a great thing for him. Um, Right. So he loves – he still loves to go like the special needs park in Canfield. He loves to go swing there and do things there. He loves to go for car rides we, so funny. When he was little, we would the family would get together. We have amazingly supportive families on both sides, and they would get together, and we would literally do shifts driving him around because he it, the only time he was really content was moving in a car. And even at the red light, you had to pump the gas, you know, pump the brake to keep the car keep moving. moving. Yes, because he loved
1: that movement. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Because Dylan loves to... We actually have talked about it on some different episodes. especially
0: like on holidays and stuff, having to take Mm shifts to take them for rides. And so, yeah, it sounds very familiar.
1: We didn't... Yeah. drive 3s that weren't open. (laughs) Yes. Like driving to the turnpike, you know, or to go to like the truck stop so that you could get a fast food place Mm -hmm. that was open. But he still loves to go for whatever reason. Whenever I show up at his house... He wants to go. Go for a ride. And so we will, and then we'll come back, and then he kind of settles down a little bit. Yeah. But that's just kind of his routine.
2: Artie loves that, too. We used to have to be very creative with finding routes that didn't go past streets that he knew, like the grandparents' house or the, you know, because he wanted to go there. So if we had to be somewhere else, we had to make sure we avoided being close to anywhere that he knew because his sense of direction is amazing. And... um. So it, you know, it was, oh my gosh, don't go anywhere within a five mile radius of this because you're gonna have a complete meltdown because
1: that's where he wants to go. So so, if you don't mind sharing, like, because Dylan's done some crazy things in the car, what might, so does he first of all just wear regular seat belt and he's pretty good with not taking it off, or how does that work? He now has a five point harness. okay. so,
2: um he did used to do that, but he, was getting out You know Getting out of the car and Okay So it's It's better for him And he's fine with it I mean it doesn't Bother him at all Right But um, yeah He has the harness Because the seatbelt He would just undo And come up You know
1: I was gonna ask Are there any stories That you remember Because I, I don't think People realize Obviously how dangerous It could be When you're driving In the car Like you're saying Like Dylan If I would turn away that he did not Want me mm-hmm. to turn And he would just Freak out. Yes. And like hit so I wasn't sure if you I'm sure you have plenty of stories from like being in the car.
2: And sometimes him being nonverbal, um, I mean I say nonverbal, he can request food. He will um that's a high motivator. Okay. <laughs> so he loves his snacks, he loves his food, so he will request, you know, he'll say Like right now it's pizza combos, which you can almost not find anywhere (laughs) except Uh, gas stations and Mark's. (laughs) So I buy like 30 bags at a time at Mark's and they're like, (laughs) what's
1: wrong with this woman?
2: (laughs) And I'm like, you don't understand if he says pizza. And then they were making him pizza and he's like having a fit because he says pizza, but he wants combos, but he can't say pizza combos. So it took a while to figure out, oh, pizza combos. And if you don't have them available, it's the end of the world. So, right, um, the pizza combos. But he'll so he'll request certain words for food. Okay, but other than that, he isn't. I mean, he'll answer like if we say what's your name, he'll say RT. Um, we taught him. His sister taught him teen. For how old are you? Because she's like, that could last us from 13 to 19. Right. And, you know, <laughs> he, idea. he can make it a long time. So when he turns 20, it's going to be a whole nother thing. <laughs> but um, and now if we say, how are you? He'll say, good, you. He'll go, good, you. Like, you know, so it, it,
0: some responses.
2: But with directions, like sometimes we wouldn't know where he what he was trying to say to us. We I remember taking him on Western Reserve Road to um, McDonald's. He I thought wanted McDonald's. As I went to turn in, he got out of his seat and was attacking me while I was driving. I'm yelling at my other kids, "Get out and go sit on the grass over there." Go, you know. And I didn't know what I was going to do, how I was going to get him, because I the only thing I can think is that's not what his plan was. Even though when I said, "Do you want to go get chicken and fries?" he said, "Yes," but. I don't think he must have changed his mind or whatever and not been able to communicate. So I think not being able to communicate is such a frustration.
1: It really is. And I think, again, like people just probably can't even comprehend that you're in the car. You've got your other children. They have to get out. Who knows how Mm. old they were? Little. (laughs) Little. And go sit somewhere. You're probably wondering if he's going to. Run away or run down or get hit by a car. I mean, so many things on what should just be a simple, hey, kids, get in the car. We're going to McDonald's. And it turns into, like, you did all the planning that you should have done. You thought it's what he wanted. And you just never know what direction it's going to go in. Right. And that's what can be so scary when you think about it and get to the point. And it's not realistic to always have, like, your spouse with you or something. Right. I used to get this, like like you said, that you guys used to do as a family. I can remember one year on Black Friday, and the kids were little. I was like, I wanted to go shopping, and why can't they come with me like anybody else? So we're going to go to Target. I'm going to park, get close, get a cart. Well, of course, we get there. There's no carts left. And it was just this whole disaster. I mean, I don't even know why I tried to do it. and then. Kevin and I probably ended up getting into a fight because then it's like, not that it's then it's like, well, why would you do that? Why would you think you could do that with like, but you just kind of want to try.
2: Yeah. Right. And you have this hope, I guess, that that it'll work out and that it'll be okay And that's what you want for, you know. And I don't know. I think like you come to a point where you're like, okay this isn't like you said, isn't about us and what we want. It's about him. And I think once you come to that realization, it it makes their life and yours a lot easier.
0: I, I think that's part of it. I think part of it is just like trial and error, too, right? Like through the years, like you try a lot of different things till you kind of figure out what works for them, right?
1: So I think we've right. had a lot of um, great things that we were talking about and we were talking about. What do they really want to do versus what do we want them to do? And I know you said you had some great restaurant stories, or at least one restaurant story, which I think is always very popular for listeners.
2: The common thing for Artie when we would go to restaurants was that he would steal food, very quickly steal food. So you'd be walking to your table and he would see something on someone's table that he wanted. And it was like his arm... Became like fifteen feet long, and he grabbed the lemon out of the water glass before you could even like stop. Know him. that it was going right. to happen. And I remember my parents took them to dinner. They were really little. He was probably I don't even think Dominic was born yet. So Artie was probably like four, and Eliana was probably two. And they were walking past the table, and he grabbed a lemon because he loved he loves lemon. He'll eat lemon like it's an orange. Okay, um, grabbed it out of the cup. And so my mom was holding his hands, you know, like walking with him. And before she goes, I don't even know how it happened. He grabbed one out of from the other side. <laughs> so like right out of someone, right out of someone's right glass, of someone's glass. didn't spill the water or anything else, had the lemon in his mouth before you even knew that it was going <laughs> to happen. So um, and then one time my one friend and I had seven, we had her three kids, my three kids and our friend's daughter with us. They were really little or he was we were all sitting and I Dominic was a baby at the time and I had him and Artie reached behind him to the table behind him and grabbed eggs off of this guy's plate and (laughs) and stuck the eggs in his mouth. And now he would never eat eggs, but at the time he did before we even knew it. So and the people were just sitting there shaking their head and I said, I have to go talk to them and my friend said, You can't like you can't leave because my Dominic was pretty active at the time. So she went and explained to them, but but just fun. I mean, it wasn't it was it wasn't funny at the time, but it's funny now because he was so fast and he
1: wanted something and he went for it. Does he like going out to eat like now or not really? Like, do you think that like, does he think it's fun to go? Dylan always says, I want to go sit at a table, Aww. which means he wants to go. Some, but then sometimes I wonder, it just depends if he really does want to. Or he I just thinks he I wish he could tell
2: us that. I, I don't know. really know. It seems like if it's quiet, like if we go to Arby's and there's really no one in the dining room and we sit in a corner, it's, he seems to enjoy it. But I don't really know if it's the atmosphere or it's the food that he's excited about. Sometimes he'll go to Sam's Club for pizza. Sometimes if it's too crowded, he, he's just done. Right. Um, usually no matter where we go, he's done when he's done. You know, it's, as long as there's some place that we can strategically park close, know that you have to – like that's the one thing with our kids, you know, you guys know too. You have to strategically plan everything. You can't do something you haven't done before usually successfully. It, even moving him into his house, we um, – with the recommendation from school – We moved our furniture into his house before we moved him in. So it wasn't just I mean, it took really, it was a six month, six month plan to successfully move him from our house to his house. Social stories about moving there. Um, We moved our couch there. We had the whole setup exactly the same so that when he walked in the door, he did the same thing that he would do at home. He left from our house on the bus to go to school and we moved the furniture while he was in school. And so that when he came home, he came home to his house and everything was set up exactly the same way. And I really feel like that is the reason why he was as
1: successful as he was. Felt very comfortable. All of those things were there. And we were talking a little bit when we weren't recording about food. And, you know, obviously, and it might even tie into like autism in general, as far as like a lot of people lump it all together. But And I'm going to do that right now, that like a lot of individuals that have autism are picky eaters. Absolutely. And I know you mentioned, and we've been struggling with that a little bit lately with Dylan, but um, do you feel like Artie's pretty picky? Very picky. Right now it's pizza combos. He
2: would absolutely eat pizza combos all day long and nothing else. Okay. But um, then before it was veggie straws, it's, you know, if, and then it'll get to the point where we'll buy a million of them and then he doesn't want them at all anymore. Um, chicken and fries used to be his favorite thing. He wants no part of it now. So
1: see, I I know, and it's hard. To, and people are like, "Well, does he eat vegetables? Does he eat fruit? Does he?" I'm like, "Are you kidding? No." <laughs> I mean, Dylan would eat chips for every single meal, combined with some French fries, tater tots, and he'd be fine. I mean, grilled cheese, throw in a grilled cheese, maybe.
2: And I really think they would starve before they would eat like you know, when I remember when he was little and they would say, oh, you can do food therapy and they can, you know, put one pee on his plate. Well, if we put one pea on his plate, it was thrown across the room immediately. He would not even tolerate it being on his plate. So we tried all of that with him, you know, give him this and don't give him anything else. He would, I honestly believe a lot of them would starve before. I mean, it's not a matter of. Right. You're, it's funny you
1: said that.
0: Yeah. I, I think diet is one of those things that and I, I have a feeling you might agree with this, Tammy, is you, you have to pick your battles, right? For sure. So, and diet was a battle that there were other more important battles we had to fight, right?
1: Definitely. So Dylan takes a lot of medications. He has a seizure disorder. He has OCD. He has... ADHD, so he takes a lot of medications. I know that can be a controversial topic. Maybe that's a topic sometime. But I've had people over the years. You need to take him off all his medication. Oh you, gosh. you shouldn't <laughs> give him medicine. That's so bad for him. You should change his diet. All these things. But in addition to taking all these medications, he won't swallow pills. And we have tried everything. School tried everything. Behavior, you know. So basically, he chews up his pills. Oh my! Goodness. Even if it's a capsule, he chews it up. And I can remember people saying, like, open it up and put it in a spoonful of pudding, a spoonful of applesauce. Well, he would take that spoonful of pudding because they're so smart and he would flick it across the our house had like (laughs) chocolate pudding that had capsules of medicine or, you know, particles of medicine all through our house. Because it doesn't really matter what sound Like, you're saying same thing that people are saying. Well, just... Kevin actually just said this to me the other night. I have to point this out. We were having a conversation about Dylan. I was worried because he really... I'm like, he doesn't get any protein. Maybe that's right. why he said... Like, none. And Kevin's like, well, he needs to. And... I said, all he wants to eat is tater tots and French fries and hash browns. He's like, well, you need to, they need to eliminate all that at the house and just have chicken when he gets hungry enough, he'll eat. I really don't think. I don't think they would. I think they're, I think you're dealing with something like that might work with Anderson. Right. (laughs) Right. Or your typical children, but it's a battle that's really difficult. And I know there are some individuals, people probably listening that they're Children or adolescents with autism do have a good diet, but it it's not the case with Dylan, or and it sounds like Artie. Like you
2: said, Kevin, you pick your battles. Right. Like I, that,
1: I mean, there's bigger battles to pick. Than, I know. them. you know. Right. If he wants pizza combos and that's going to work. I know. And. One of Dylan's caregivers, and I, I love her. I couldn't survive without her. She's amazing. But she's right. She'll say to me, Dylan wants to go to the tunnel all the time, which is like a drive-thru where you, Aww. where you would drive through and get, you know, beer, wine, pop, whatever. And he wants to go there to get chips. <laughs> and he wants to go to the tunnel all the time. And every time I go over and I walk in, he says tunnel. And she'll say, the tunnel's closed. Cause she said to me the one night, he can't eat chips for, cause then he'll eat an entire bag. Sometimes on the way home from the tunnel to his house. So I have gotten better about only taking him a few times. But then I feel bad because he really wants chips.
2: And I think it's hard as a parent because there's so many things that your typical children enjoy and are happy doing where our kids with autism don't have that many. They don't have as big a area of things that make them really happy so I feel like with Artie, like watching Elmo and eating snacks makes him happy and you want to see your child happy. And if those are the biggest happinesses in life, then is it really worth the battle to pick, you know? And,
0: and and there's different ways you can look at that. And I think that's very well said, Tammy. But like to your point, there are certain a very finite number of things that make Dylan happy. Right. And is that a good thing or a bad thing? I. I could say it's a good thing. Right. I mean, and it's we've talked before about how, you know, one of the beautiful things about Dylan is in some ways he's still very childlike at almost 23 years old. But part of that is, I mean, he has unconditional love for his family. Right. right? And he doesn't need a lot to make him happy or keep him entertained. Right. He enjoys the simple things in life. For sure. And, you know, I can almost argue that that's almost a a gift to have that kind of, Oh, it is, you know, life.
2: There's a story. I I don't remember the author or anything. I don't even remember. It might've been like, there wasn't, you know, it was unknown, but, um, about a boy that was like that. And, it was a, his brother was telling his story and he said, they go to the airport every Saturday and they get the same snacks every Saturday and they do. And he said that for a minute, he felt bad for his brother that that was the only thing he had to look forward to. And he said, and then he re- his it was God lives under my bed, is what it was called. Okay. So his brother would talk to God under his bed. And he said, the gist of it was like, we should all be that pure. You know, we should all like have, and it is true, because is. they have pure happiness, like true happiness. They don't worry about, like I always think that he'll never worry about paying bills or like any of the things that we worry about, you know, he'll they just are pure. So you do want to see them happy with the things that make them happy because they really are enjoying life life. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And you're so right, because even like social, you know, we both have typical children and girls and high school, you know, Anderson's in college now. You know, Anderson has said before, like in high school, if she was having like a bad time or some you know, Dylan doesn't have to worry about like social media and he doesn't have to worry about to you know, and I get what right. she's saying because he is really happy. Like tomorrow morning, Kevin and I will probably take him to breakfast because this is like his favorite thing on Saturdays. And we'll like walk in the door and all you have to do first of all, he's so excited to see his dad. <laughs> like he's a huge fan. I'll that's go over there during the week and he'll go, where's my dad?
2: Oh, that's <laughs> and, how Artie is, too. I, yes. always, I feel like because Artie was little and then I had Eliana 22 months later and then Dominic and I was taking care of the babies. And so Art always would take him and he there they would. Constantly like lay on the floor and fall asleep, cuddled up together. And it just was uh, he's definitely his favorite person, I think.
1: (laughs) It's the sweetest (laughs) thing. It is, And they're so excited by things Mm -hmm. like that. Like he'll be so excited to go to breakfast tomorrow. I mean, yes, the grilled cheese and fries will help. But I think just to sit with us, because when Dylan gets really happy, he starts humming. And he does this like, "Mm," and you know that like he loves you and he just looks at you and like then he'll start patting your back and and it's just, and it's all just from being with us. Now, Anderson, she might not like this. We went to Bowling Green to see her for her 20th birthday. We took her to breakfast last Saturday. Not as happy. Not the same thing. (laughs) It was... Why are you talking so much? We we drove there to see her for her birthday. We had a great dinner the night before. We had to go to breakfast early because (laughs) we had some other commitments. I don't think she was happy with the time frame of breakfast.
0: Yeah, 20-year-old college student. They're not used to to being awake by 9 o'clock. Whatever her activities
1: were the night before. But she kept asking him, why do you have to keep talking so much to me? And I said to him, this is not the same as taking Dylan to
0: breakfast. So a couple of things I did want to circle back to, you know, Tammy, you talked a little bit about what you did to transition art into his new home, but I would really love it if you could talk about, and this is something that we've discussed here on the podcast. You know, we transitioned Dylan out when he was 17, and we just talked a little bit about what brought us to that decision and what that process was and how we knew it was the time to do I know Amy loves to tell the story and we told it on the podcast and it wasn't this one thing but just one night we were at home Dylan was probably 16 or something and I just kind of said I don't think I can do this anymore and you know Amy was like she's like you know what do you mean you can't do this you know
1: well, I can get a little bit of an but, attitude
0: and and but I think that was and then it was a process after that but that was a start of a that was a defining moment it, right so, I don't know, and I don't want to put words in your mouth. But I'll just let you. How, how did you guys kind of come to the decision to transition already?
2: For us, we were, I think, kind of the opposite. Art was more, I don't want to do this. He's our son. How could we, you know, send him somewhere? I saw it more like, I want him close. I don't want him an hour away. I want him close to us. I want the perfect scenario, which is amazing because with, a lot of divine intervention, we got the perfect scenario, but I, you know, we had had people say, Oh, there's this place an hour away. And I'm like, absolutely not. I can't do that. But for us, not that that doesn't work for everyone, but for some people, but for us, I struggled with that. But I knew for my kids, especially my daughter who was having a lot of um, anxiety because, and a lot of fear um, because of him being there and because he does have the aggressive piece I mean, she's 17 and she was in my, I, hopefully she's okay with me sharing this, but she wasn't sleeping with me. I'd have to sit with her while she showered because they were just afraid because if he would go into an episode, I mean, he had shattered glass, he had broken the doors off the hinges into the rooms. Um He, you know, it was scary. It's definitely scary. And I couldn't physically handle him. So they would have to call the police. I mean, there, it was just a very hard you know hard situation and she started where she was physically reacting at a certain time of the night even if he didn't the time that he usually would have an episode if he didn't I just started to really see it in the other kids how it was affecting their everyday life so for me I knew even though I knew I needed to protect him I knew to protect them we needed to figure something out so we started talking about it and my husband really was more hesitant. And then I started to worry, is he going to resent me because I'm really pushing this more than what he wants, you know, and I don't want that either. Because as hard as it's been, we were very solid, which is such a blessing, you know, and our family is close. And that's what we've always wanted. All of them like already included, like all of us are, you know, and one Sunday, we went to church and this amazing family that they're they've been friends of ours for years their kids were little when we met them we were talking and they have a special needs nephew and they were talking about him living on his own and what would it take for Artie to live on his own and we said well the first thing we need is to find a place for him and they she said hold on and she brought her son over who we remembered being a little kid you know and he said i have a rental house that might be perfect for Artie. So it from there just all fell in and they were amazing. I mean, they waited until we got everything into place where we could move him and everything else settled. And it just worked out perfectly for us. But I knew in my heart that it had to happen for my other kids. I knew that as hard as it was, if he was an only child, we probably I don't know that we ever would have done it. Right. But I I think we would have been missing out because I think it it's better for him and there's the part of me that I like I kept telling Art you know he's someday we're someday not going to be able to take care of him like when we can't take care of him then what's going to happen like mm-hmm. the state takes over and moves him and, and we don't want that either I'm like I'd rather be in control now
1: make the decision yes
2: and make the decisions and make him happy and create his life away from us you know so that when we're someday not here, his life's already established and he's already content and happy. And so I kind of really pushed more than Art did. And still he'll say like, well, I just want to bring him in our house. I just want to bring him here for, and we haven't done that yet because we're so afraid that it would be confusing to him. Yes, You know, that that's my house. Is this my house? I don't know. So, you know, like for his birthday, Art said, well, I just wish we could bring him home for his birthday. And I'm like, but Then he's going to be confused. And now he's so happy. Like, I don't think that's a good idea. But.
0: Yeah, we talked about it before. But when Dylan transitioned, um, we didn't bring him back to our house for a year.
2: So Mm -hmm. it was a year
0: before. And then we eventually, shortly after that, ended up moving. So now he doesn't associate our new place with the old house. But yeah, it's tough. But
1: he did. um, It was his birthday. And it was almost exactly (laughs) a year and he did say to the caregiver When they pulled in the driveway I'm home Aww. So I, They didn't share that with me that night But I think that it was confusing He mm-hmm. ran up to his old bedroom Which We had let Anderson move into his bedroom Because it was bigger So I completely agree with you Because you don't know what's going on mm-hmm. In their minds And like Kevin said that the fact that we moved—not that I'm saying you should move—but <laughs> the fact that we moved, he can come over on Sundays, and he never lived there, right? So I do think that that's a really hard situation that is different for everybody. But so, I, but I, I get what your husband's saying. Like you just want them to be home for with sure. you. But Kevin's right Dylan comes over on Sundays and I keep wanting to extend the amount of time that he comes <laughs> over for like keep adding on like 15 minute increments he's ready to leave yeah it's like a two hour max We've mm-hmm. tried to have him stay longer and he's watching for them to come get him
0: and and the other thing is and we talked about this but holidays is another time right so Arts relatively recently moved out already I'm sorry and um you know, you've had the holidays, right? Like, so Thanksgiving, Christmas. So how did you how did you handle those? We
2: went to his house and spent time with him, and then we didn't take him because typically we would take him, unless we had a holiday at our house, because then even if he did get upset, it was our house. It was right. his space. It was, you know, um, he's cleared the house, <laughs> you, the, you know, before when he's gone in an episode and people are like, okay, but... um it was difficult to take him to the family. I mean, we have big, wonderful family that's loving and accepting and, you know, wants to be wants to love on him. But he would get so overwhelmed. He usually, especially in the last couple of years, within an hour of being somewhere, he was in a complete full meltdown. We were carrying him out, trying to get him in the car. And he was miserable. And so this year we were like let's take Christmas to him, let's spend time with him, you know, and then not take him, you know, cuz he doesn't he honestly does not like Christmas morning at all. He does I not know. like gifts. He does not like he's miserable. We the last couple of years the kids, you know, we would let them open their Christmas gifts, and then we'd go up and get him. And it was like pulling teeth to, you know, here, open this one. Here, open that one. He's like, oh. I know. know. Dylan doesn't want to open
1: presents. He hates Uh -uh. opening presents. Throws them in the trash, gets mad. Yeah. So
2: this year we got a big, like a big Santa sack. Okay. And just put all of his stuff in there unwrapped. Smart. And let him pull out mostly snacks. Right. <laughs> um, his pantry is very stocked, but um, just pull out, you know, one at a time. And even that, he's kind of like, uh, why do I have to work for this? But right. It's actually
0: a good idea. We may have to it try is. that. Yeah.
2: next TJ Maxx. The big, big sacks. Like it's actually a good bags. idea.
1: I know. It's just, it's adjusting. And it's, I'm sure you're a lot like me. It's not what you envisioned or what like you hoped for, right. but it's what works, and it's what makes them happy. which
2: new, new normal. <laughs> it is,
1: and it's kind of like what you said at the beginning. Like, is it more for us, or is it more for them? Is right. it more stressful for them? And that's been hard to – because I'll say – I just said to Kevin not that long ago, we should take him to a YSU basketball game. And Kevin said, do you want to do that because you think Dylan wants to go to a basketball <laughs> game, or you want to take him to one? Because I – I do worry that, like, what all does he have in his life as far as, like, an activity? Would right. he want to go to a game? But probably not.
2: But it's good that you balance each other that way. I feel like mm-hmm. Art and I balance each other that way, too. Like, one of us will say, oh, let's do, you know, and it takes us talking about it together, which mm-hmm. is good because you kind of bounce it off of each other. And then it's like, yeah, that's not right. <laughs> not the best idea. But it seems like a good, you know, it's because it's what you picture. Right. It's the... The Welcome to Holland, you know.
1: I know. The Welcome to
2: Holland poem. That's a good one. Have you read that? It's Mm -hmm. the best. It's my favorite. It is. That you, you know, you plan for what you think it's going to be and then you adjust and see the beauty in what it actually is, you know. I know. So
0: So something else I'd like to to touch on is, um, and you made this comment, and I'm passing on something else, Amy, but just about how people... You know, suggested that we take Dylan off his meds, right? Yes. So there have been a lot of different comments that have been made over the years about Dylan from people that don't know him well or don't truly understand. And I'd love to get your kind of thoughts on that, uh, Tammy, and what you may have experienced over the years. But I know even recently... And I don't know if you want to share this or not, Amy. I'm putting you on the spot, but um, you know, you had an experience recently where someone was referring to someone with autism. It wasn't actually Dylan, but you feel comfortable sharing any of that?
1: Oh, you mean what they said to me about that? Yeah, that's fine. She's a good person. They just don't. I think people don't. They just stop don't understand. and think, and they don't understand. Mm -hmm. Do you want me to tell the story? Yeah, if you would. Just briefly, someone that I'm friends with, acquaintance slash friends, really like her, asked me to reach out to another mom that's struggling, has a son that's behavioral. And there was a few of us standing around. And, you know, she kind of gave me some examples of what he does when he goes to places and, you know, like, I thought he was going to bust the windows out. And she said two things. She said, truthfully, he needs a good spanking. Mm. And then she said he also needs to go off all his medications. And it wasn't the time or place for me to embarrass her because I know she didn't mean anything harmful. But I was very offended because I'm sure that he absolutely does not need a spanking. And I feel so bad for the mom in that situation, because, you know, you're mortified when something yes. like that happens and, you know, people are. And as far as taking someone, I almost wanted to say, well, are you a doctor? Right. Are you a, ne- you know, we deal with obviously a neurologist that specializes in the medication aspect of things. And I have got to put my full faith in her. This is what right. she does. Right, right. I've had so many people tell me to take Dylan off his medication. We have to. Okay. I wonder. (laughs) We have
2: to. Yeah. And Artie, I mean, we did not, we tried the biomed, um, the supplements, 26 supplements a day, like crushing them in the orange juice and trying to get them in him and give them charcoal and it'll take, you know, the toxins out and all that stuff. But it didn't work for Artie. Some people say it works for them. It didn't work for Artie. So he was eight um, and he was not medicated yet. And he was, our life was crazy, like hours and hours a day that were just crazy, you know, beyond meltdowns. Um, he just couldn't calm down at all. And the, we took him to the ER, I think three days in a row, because he was just in a really bad place. And the third day, they said, the only thing we didn't check is his appendix. And I remember saying, take it out. And they were like, <laughs> what? We said we didn't check it. And I said, but you have to do something like something's really wrong. And they said, who does he see for his anxiety disorder? And I said, he doesn't have one. He has autism. And at the time we had um, BCBA therapists in our home. And I said, you don't think he has anything except autism, do you? And they were like, oh, yeah. And, And I said, I had no, I mean, we did not know that, you know, but they were like, he needs medication. So we finally, when he was eight, medicated him and it has changed his life. And, people don't realize like i'm like do you understand like what he would be like without you know and you don't just randomly go in and get a script from some right person that just says he has autism give him this but when you have a doctor that's working really hard to find the right medication combination for him and it is i mean it's like like we joke with him it's like tranquilizing an elephant like he, I mean, he would respond wonderfully to a new med for like a week or two and then it was over. Like, then he'd go right back to the same thing. And I feel like we're finally at a place where he does well with that and that works for him. But we have had people say that. And when he was little, I remember the comments like, Have you ever tried spanking him? Or have you ever tried? It's like, we're not dealing. You know, this isn't a parenting situation. This right. is right. He can't help what he's doing. I hadn't, um, One person at the time, an older lady, she said, you should just throw a glass of water in his face and he won't act like that. And I thought, why don't you do it? And I'll stand over there and we'll see how that goes for you. It's not going to go well. Like, he can't help what's happening. And would you
1: ever throw a glass of water in in anyone's anyone's face? face. No. So that, like, blows my mind. And I always want to say, like, well, if your child has diabetes, would you just not give them... The medication that they needed to treat it or whatever exactly. else it might be. But I there's so much we could cover on, like, the topic of the public and the general opinion. Right. And the comments. And I do – we do always try to say that there's so many, like, positives, too. But Definitely. But that did really bother me. It was recent. And I feel like I need to almost, like, educate this person that it's not a spanking that will help. Right. And sometimes it is just not.
2: It's It's – not being educated or not being aware. And sometimes it's interesting to me, like sometimes it's even people that are close in your life that you think would like get it. And I mean, we've had a lot of people since we've moved, not a lot, but several people that have said, what well, does he live by himself? Is he? And people think, say that to me all the time. What do you mean? Like, do you <laughs> know what we've lived with? Like, this isn't like we wanted to move him out. You know,
1: I mean, like, how could he live by I He now? could never,
2: he can't even, I mean-
1: i I know I've had people say Wow Dylan's doing so right. good he lives by himself I'm right. like what no. <laughs> no he doesn't live by himself that would last a minute
2: but that just shows like people don't really know what your life is unless no. they're walking in your shoes which I guess is like that with anyone's life but yes but unless and and there's unique you know it's it's such a range of spectrum you know that there are people that are on the spectrum that can live on their own and that do function well by themselves. But kids with the severity that Artie and Dylan have, there's no way. I mean, it's
1: just not. I've always said it's almost like a secret world. And I'm not taking away from like the higher functioning that also have their own struggles. Right. But I'll have people say to me like a client or a, oh, yeah, my nephew's son has autism and he just got married and he graduated from college and he's an engineer and you should call him. And I'm just (laughs) like, okay. And it's just, it's so different from like the world that we've lived in that sometimes it's easier to just go, oh yes, instead of trying to explain.
2: Sometimes it's sort of discouraging because you feel like, I don't know, I I feel like sometimes like some people will think, well, they parented different, you know, they, they knew what to do. And it's not a matter of that. It's, I know, it's
1: just who they are. It's, like they cured know. their child because right. they did something that you, you didn't, didn't do or do. I didn't right. do. I've had people say that to me too. Like, wow, well, they got him into a really good school right. when he was little. Right. And now he doesn't even have autism anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, wow. Kind of like Amy, what it, what were you doing? Right. <laughs> I know. And that might
2: just be the way we perceive it. But, I know. They probably know, don't mean it no. hurtful. But it's, you know, it's hard because you do want to make, but I, I think, I don't know, I taught special ed years before I even had Artie. And I would always say you take that child and you make them the best them that they can be. It's not about what anyone else is doing. It's about who they are and you make them the best them that they can be. You know, I mean... And I still feel that way for our kids. Like you take them and you make their life the best life that it can be with what they have and what they're given, you know, not compared to everyone else. But then you have your moments as a parent. I mean, I'll see Eliana's is a grade below Artie. So I'll see her friends or like I'll sit in the parking lot to pick up my kids and I'll see the kids that were in his grade, you know, when he was little. And I'm like, that's what our life would look like right now. You know, you can't do that, but you kind of do sometimes it's.
1: It's so easy to do, and I think it's so like human to do. But yes, I've had plenty of moments like that,
2: and not for us, for them. I know, you know, like you think, like oh, I want him to be able to do this, like but play then,
1: football, and right? Have a group of friends, go right. to a dance, drive all the different things, right? But I try to think that would make him happy, happy right? right? Well, that's probably even though Kevin normally says that, I think that's probably a great place to to wrap it up.
0: Yeah, we can definitely.
1: I mean, she really summed it up well about making them the best version of themselves.
0: Yep. I would just... One last thing I would ask you, Tammy, is... And we talked about this a little bit, but as far as your other children, what do you think... And we've discussed this a lot already as far as with Anderson. You know, there's a lot of... You know, we have some guilt that she didn't get to experience a lot of things growing up that other children did because of this, but then... We also think these experiences have molded her maybe into a better person today. So I don't know how you feel about that with with your children. No,
2: I absolutely agree. And I always say they will never sweat the small stuff because they've already had the big stuff. I'm like kids spend all this time, you know, worrying about things that are never going to matter to our kids, our siblings, you know, because they've had the hard stuff. So they, you know, they're not phased by. Little things. The little things. Yeah. Yeah. So I do. I think it makes them better people. I think it makes them more understanding of other people and just not to focus on the negativity, but to focus on the positive things around them.
1: I completely agree.
0: So do I. All right. Well, now we will wrap it up. <laughs> um, See, he has to be in charge. I'm not in charge at all. Um, I,
2: I would say that's Art. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're kind of the reverse. I think you and Art and Amy and yeah. I we kind of have the. Right. Reverse personality.
2: He right. likes to be in charge, though. Right. Yeah, that's men. He's yeah. in management yeah. for, a oh, little, so yes. I'm like, this is not, you're not manager here. <laughs> manager at home. <laughs> I've
0: heard that before, too. We, we, we need to talk yeah. more um, <laughs> offline. Tammy, thank you very much.
1: Thank you for, for having me. For coming
0: on. Absolutely. So we'll go ahead and wrap up. Just want to remind everyone, um, if you're enjoying our podcast, please subscribe and like. Check us out on social media on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and learn more about us at DylansHouse.org. Thank you for listening.
1: Thank you. Welcome to Dylan's House was made possible by our partnership with Dandelion Inc.
0: Follow our journey at Dylan's House on Facebook and TikTok. This is Dylan's House on Instagram. And learn more about us at Dylanshouse.org. If you like our stories at Welcome to Dylan's House, please subscribe,
1: like, and share.